0: Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vassini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, the legend, Matt Penny is in the building. UMass's greatest basketball player of all time. Forget Marcus Camby. Forget, uh, anyone else that has been there. Uh, forget what was Luane Pipkins there for a while?
1: No. Yeah. Also the great Dr. J. So, no, a not, not Dr. 5, J. Five thousandth in the record book. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Matt Penny is the greatest UMass basketball player in UMass history. Penny, what's going on, man?
1: I'm excited to be here in our uh our virtual building if you will, internationally overseas, and I'm happy that it's it's actually draft month. We're actually here, we're a couple weeks away. And uh for you and I and for all the other draft Knicks out there, we can stop reading about very shortly every prospect who broke every combine record possible this season. <laughs> <laughs> All the guards who put on 15 pounds of muscle. And I think at least a dozen prospects that the Warriors are interested with the second pick. So we're here. Let's do it. Let's party.
0: Can, can we do just two minutes real quick on the combine stuff? Is, it's is your that, show.
1: We can do 20 minutes on it if you want.
0: No, we, we definitely don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I I just am. I, I want to be a little bit careful here. Um but I'm very skeptical of any of the combine numbers that have come out, not because they're being misreported, not because they're being mischaracterized by the reporters involved, but just having talked to agents and a few players that have gone through it, it's not as universally consistent, seemingly As what you get at the combine in Chicago, for instance. Uh, I'm just skeptical of like the methods of measurement and the consistency and like the fact that these guys have gotten like an extra, what, four or five months to train. So essentially, you know, they've been training to do the vertical now for an extra five months. So you're probably going to see bigger numbers generally than what you typically see but on top of that there are testing and consistency questions so i'm just a little bit a little bit skeptical a little bit
1: yeah and you're training for a drill too kind of what you said like you're training for the vertical jump and you don't know the consistency across it and it's been interesting to me too because it does seem there is this extra layer level of secrecy to the whole thing whether where they do it how they do it and really who prospects are working out for too and yeah i remember just kind of growing up i read the boston globe and it's like oh celtics are having in these seven guys and they threw in an extra big for holy cross and the media would be there i mean now you have teams kind of asking each other like who you bringing in which guys are working out so it's it's definitely i think that plays into it too of there just lacks the consistency that uh chicago pre-draft may actually have
0: yeah, so th- that's why I'm like generally not like melting down when I hear Yudoka Azabuke has a 41 inch vertical. Uh, I, I don't frankly believe that he plays as if someone that has a 41 inch vertical uh we've seen no tape throughout his career that says he has a 41 inch vertical uh he's an incredible finisher and is a elite level rim protector but i think it's more because he has uh an absolutely monstrous frame with a seven foot seven wingspan and can carve out position wherever he wants and guys just bounce off of him in the interior
1: yeah, the wingspan, too. That's what I was going to say. You stole my thunder a little bit. But if he has a 7-7 wingspan, and he has a 40-inch vertical. I think that means he could dunk, like, over the top of, like, the backboard, if my math is, is right. correct.
0: Right. And we've never seen that. from No, not yet.
1: Like, not unless it's a Space Jam or something. But not, yeah. not in traditional basketball sense.
0: So, I'm just, you know, and as a bouquet is the one that's somewhat easier to, you know, pull out because that number is just wild. To me. Uh but there are other ones. And like I've even heard of some examples from teams where like a couple of those numbers have been adjusted after the fact. So uh we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what the way this but, works. But it
1: is consistent that you really like I know we're we're throwing some extra mustard on it, but you have seen some tweets and some stories about this guy was whatever, a quarter second away from the all time shuttle record or the, oh, the three quarter court sprint or Penny. the you know, the VERT was
0: like I I've heard I think seven or eight shuttle numbers from agents and they've all, they all would be the best number in 2019's NBA draft. Every single one.
1: That's pretty good for a draft that people are crushing. It sounds like there's a plenty of athletes to be, to be taken to put into rotation.
0: Like, I I don't know if they're doing the shuttle differently this year or like if they're, um,
1: is it on NBA court versus a high school court? That's a good twist
0: yeah right like
1: uh, i know some guys are practicing in in high schools not 94 feet so maybe that plays into it
0: yeah no i think that it's just not um not numbers that i feel comfortable using right and not feel comfortable uh promoting yeah promoting yeah i guess guess that's the way to put it and contextualizing within the previous contexts of nba draft combines that's all um like you know, Cassius Stanley is a 44-inch vertical. I, I might buy that, honestly. Like, he's a freak athlete who can really jump. Yudoka Azabuke 41-inch vertical. Like, anyone watch Yudoka Azabuke jump versus Cassius Stanley jump, and it's just like, what are we talking about here?
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, uh, let, let's move on to what our... The main portion of this podcast is going to be, so this is going to be something different than what I've ever done. I've said throughout the years that I don't really like comps, and that remains true. Having said that, I do think that they at least give something of an interesting perspective to people who have not seen these guys play before, right? It gives a stylistically interesting understanding for people you know he's kind of like this guy uh because at the end of the day this podcast is a lot of nba fans that don't watch a lot of college basketball so you know being able to help them understand who these guys are is interesting so penny and i are going to do nba draft comps uh and yes penny gave me the responsibility we're going to go back and forth so you know I will take the first guy who will be LaMelo. Penny will take the second mm-hmm. guy who will be Wiseman. Uh, P- Penny gave me the uh, unfortunate responsibility of coming up with a comp for Alexei Pakyshevsky, which like.
1: It's your board. I mean, you could have rigged it a little bit. You have the odd numbers.
0: Total, total unicorn here. Um, But yeah, Penny came up with this idea and I thought it was somewhat interesting. So uh, I'll let you explain what you thought was interesting about it.
1: Yeah, so Sam and I were talking last week, and he said, do you want to jump on the pod, which I always say yes before thinking. And I'm also terrible at comps. I'm not a big fan of comps. But I said to a mutual friend, I have no bullets left. I don't know what we can talk about on the podcast. I mean, we've been talking about the NBA draft for six months, and it keeps on getting delayed. So I said, why don't you do a a high-low, a a high-prospect ceiling and a a low-prospect floor and kind of go back and forth. So we'll use Sam's big board, 1-30, to at least through the lottery, try to do high and low, and then maybe from whatever, fourteen to thirty, we just do a high. Uh, I don't want it to what Sam said totally hold to the player. Like, allow some wiggle room, grain of salt. Some of these guys have put like, you know, version of somebody light. So it's not it's not a Mara Stottermine. Maybe it's a Starmer Star light. Uh some may be stylistically, some may be body type, some may be comparable numbers. If Sam says Dwayne Wade, it doesn't mean that the player is going to be one of the best two guards in the next 20 years. It may be the type of whatever action they run for him or the body type matches up. The story matches up. The only other twist is that (laughs) Sam has promised not to go full indie rock on me and use a comp of like the ninth man from the 2001 Nuggets. who I don't even know like who that is.
0: So, yeah, I don't even know who the ninth man on the 2001 Nuggets was. So, I think we're okay. That's good,
1: and and I, and I think also kind of we have to just remember that all small guards are Fred Van Vleet, all shooters are Duncan Robinson, all bigs are Bam Adebayo.
0: Yeah, all, um all. all it's like in the uh, well, what what's the book that Michael Lewis wrote? I think it's the Undoing Project. Um, he did a chapter with Daryl Morey, and Morey found that basically every shooting guard that had like. um know, the same complexion as Stephen Curry got compared to Stephen Curry coming into the draft.
1: Totally. And, and it's hard, too, because a lot of these guys, and I'm sure similar research you did, they're all saying the right things. They all want to be Fred. They all want to be Bam. But we'll, we'll do our best to kind of expand beyond that where space allows.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's start here. So you, you gave me LaMelo Ball.
1: LaMelo Ball, number one.
0: Who is another tough one. You know, yeah. so... Six foot six guard, about 180 pounds, plays as more of a distributor than a scoring guard. Kind of think that, like, the best case scenario here is, like, a taller pre-injury Rajon Rondo. Mm, Okay. Rebounds the ball really well from the guard position, starts the break at a high level. Uh, Excellent passer, just live dribble passes all over the place. Questionable shooter. Uh, he does take a lot of them and definitely sees himself as more of a scorer than Rondo ever did. So it's not perfect necessarily, but I think his best role in the NBA is going to be being that super high level distributor. The the other key here is that if we're saying best case scenario for LaMelo ball, that involves a lot of the defensive instincts that he showed at times in the NBL coming through. Uh, that would require him to be much more engaged defensively. It would require him to be much, um, much more willing defensively than he was in the NBL consistently. But if we're saying like, what is his highest ceiling here? His highest ceiling involves him becoming like a fairly good defender, I think.
1: Yeah. I also liked. Sean Livingston high school as well. kind Like a big creative guard plays off the bounce. Creative had some flair, not necessarily a, a shooter from three. And I, I think I was looking at the stat. I think Livingston was only like a 17% shooter from three in the NBA, but I thought that one may not be a bad fit as well. Yeah. I've seen like bigger Rubio. I've seen yeah. the light, the light version of Luka Doncic, which it, it's kind of sacrilegious to say that, but uh, Again, it's he's not a unicorn, but it's a tough guy to kind of put to a box.
0: Yeah, he's he's really really tough, I think. He's really really difficult to try and like find the right comparison point. Uh finding the floor is hard like in and of itself as well. I think that his floor is probably like bottom 5 starting point guard in the NBA. Like something like that. So trying to find one that's like a pass first, bottom five starting point guard, like that's, that's even like kind of tough at the end of the I day. I
1: thought you were going to take the bait and say Lonzo.
0: No, he's not. He's so different than Lonzo. <laughs> I know I, like, know. I know. I
1: know. But, but you see that sometimes. It's, it's just the family thing. You see the same last name. It's like, well, as upside is Lonzo plus his floor is Lonzo minus.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's almost like it would be if Jeff Teague is like, and not uh all-star Jeff Teague for the Hawks, but like, uh, you know, maybe early career Jeff Teague, uh, or, you know, th- this later version of Jeff Teague that we've seen in Minnesota. Um, but taller because mm. Teague is something like six foot three. Lamelo will be something like six foot six, uh, somewhat inconsistent, unwilling shooter, uh, really good passer, really good distributor, um, ineffective defender, uh, something along those lines, probably not quite a starting guard, uh, in the NBA or probably not someone you want starting as an NBA guard is the way to put it.
1: Right. Maybe not someone you trust right away.
0: Yeah. I mean, what do you think of those?
1: Uh, I liked it. I didn't necessarily think of that as a floor. I thought the, um, the ceiling was again different version than i thought but some of the measurable type stuff of a, a bigger rondo uh i think I, I think you may say this but definitely rondo is more of like a search for a cis guy yeah. i think lamella would be more of a search for baskets like the, i keep yeah. beating the dead horse like yeah I, I grew up around around boston not in boston yeah. but i saw a ton of rage on rondo and like there'd be possessions where he'd dribble past the rim and like circle back around yep. hoping that someone trailed down the middle for an assist. I don't know if LaMelo is doing that but I understand the the flare and pizzazz, the live dribble stuff that that yeah. kind of has some parallels.
0: And they both pound the ball. Like that's kind of what you're getting yes, at. Yes, yes, like, yes. They both have a tendency to really pound the ball and like just take over possessions at the end of the day. Um, but th- the, again, like the differentiator here is that LaMelo is six foot six in a way that you know, Jeff T, Grijon Rondo like these guys aren't that big.
1: If we think that, that's a pretty good number one overall pick.
0: Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's, like, an average number one overall pick to say. Like, like even, like, that ceiling, like, I don't think that's an average number one overall pick ceiling. No, not at all. But, you know, I think that he's going to be a good player. Like, I'm, I'm in on Rajon Rondo. So, you got number two.
1: I uh, do, number for, two. Um,
0: and I'm in on LaMelo Ball. Uh, okay. You have James and, and, Wiseman. So. I
1: do. I have James Wiseman. So... I'm already taking the, not easy way out, but I'm going kind of like a hybrid as a high somewhere between Andre Drummond and Chris Bosh. And then low end, I'm going Hassan Whiteside. So for Wiseman, I think he could transition into a more mobile stretch big with some level of rim protection. But for right now, it's really more of that rim runner protector. His shot's not there, but it could be. Mm The the Drummond thing, to me, is the motor, the consistency, and does it ever really get into lockstep with the rest of physical tools. I coached against Andre Drummond when I was at Northfield Mount Hermon, and he was at St. Thomas More. And he could legitimately – I mean, he was the size when he was a sophomore in high school. But he could roll out of bed and get to 15 to 12. And he would have five plays a game that were eye-popping, and the scout was always, don't talk to him, don't touch him, don't let him get going, and he'll just drift a little bit. I fear Wiseman could be that in in some sense. And it's also difficult to kind of project because you're going based on high school stuff. I mean, we talked about here, Wiseman played three games in college, two against low majors. He averaged 20-11 and shot 77% from the field. He's saying he wants to be Giannis. He watches a lot of Giannis film. I don't see that at all. The Bosch light thing could be there if he can kind of improve on his his footwork, the pick-and-pop stuff, shooting off of that. We've seen the videos of him working down in Miami. He's in great shape. He looks to be more fluid. But it's going to take a little bit to get there.
0: Yeah. For a ceiling, I kind of like the idea of Chris Bosch for him. Bosch was a really underrated rim protector, was mobile enough defensively to do some things. Um Got to the point where he could knock down corner threes. Like if Chris Bosch came up today. Yes.
1: It really made you pay with them too. They're seeming like always big ones in the playoffs.
0: Right. And if he came up today, he would have been shooting much earlier in his career. Um, yep. But coming up when he did, he did a lot of the same like mid posty, you know, low posty stuff right. that Wiseman did in high school. I, I actually like that's a comparison that's gotten like kind of clowned a little bit because I think Chris Bosch probably was a quicker Twitch athlete than Wiseman is at the end of the day, but Wiseman's a little bit bigger and, uh. Yeah, he's
1: huge. I mean, seven one, seven six wingspan in really good shape.
0: Yeah, like I, I actually kind of get that one to an extent. If we're doing comps at the end of the day, like, uh,
1: yeah. to me, and, and like, I, it's it, like Chris, Chris Bosch that it's not again i don't want people going crazy being like well if he's chris Bosch, he's a lock for number two it's like chris Bosch is probably as good as he's gonna get there and that's not a yeah. knock really on either of them
0: yeah no like it's chris Bosch i think is gonna end up in the hall of fame at some point
1: yeah i was hesitant to say it but that's what i was thinking
0: yeah i mean chris Bosch's chris Bosch's career i hope uh you know doesn't get lost to the annals of time like he was uh you know, an 11-time All-Star who was a huge part of the like Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. Uh, Only made one All-NBA team, if I remember correctly, which is kind of bizarre for a guy that uh, only played in 11 All-Star games. But I-, I would bet you there aren't many 11-time All-Stars that aren't in the Hall of Fame.
1: That's a pretty good stat. We'd have to look that one up offline. But that um I'm guessing you're airing on the right side of history with it with your guess.
0: Yeah, the, the guy that I've been comparing him to is like Miles Turner almost. Um okay. I see that being a little bit more of his ballpark athletically, but it, that's like kind of in the middle of what you said. Like I would say Miles Turner is like uh in the middle of Andre Drummond and uh and Chris Bosch.
1: Yeah, that's fair too. I I want to say Wiseman's more athletic and can do more, expand his game a little bit. But I, I'm not fighting you with uh, with that comp either.
0: All right, Anthony Edwards, this one's yes, just do it. A joke. Um, I, I'm gonna say the high end for him is like more athletic Bradley Beal. Ooh, okay. Uh, you know the, the popular one though. is. Dwayne Wade and it's Victor Oladipo, right? Lazy, yeah. Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo played with a lot more aggressiveness than what we've seen from Anthony Edwards so far in his career. And that's not to say that Bradley Beal is not an aggressive player. He is, but it's aggressive more as a pull-up jump shooter versus – aggressive as, like, attacking the rim relentlessly, like Dwayne Wade did. Like, we've just never seen Anthony Edwards do that, right?
1: No, not at all. And did I agree. With that Like, Oladipo's a, a far better defender, too. I mean, I don't yeah. think you'd ever say, like, oh, I'm questioning Oladipo's defensive effort.
0: Yeah. and,
1: and Which has been a knock for Anthony.
0: And, and frankly, it's been a knock for Bradley Beal, too. Like, yeah. Bradley Beal was... Literally did not make all NBA this year despite averaging 30 points a game because he was just very bad defensively this year. Uh, and it was in large part due to effort because we've seen Bradley Beale be a good defender before. I think there's a world where we see in big moments that Anthony Edwards is a good defender, but it's not, I've seen nothing in terms of evidence that it's going to be consistent over the course of his career.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where sometimes if the game is close, he gets a basket or has a good possession offensively, then he like snaps in. Yep. He's like, okay, lockdown defense, and he'll have good plays, get deflections, he'll get in the lane. But it, you're not getting that from the second the ball's tipped to the last whistle. Just it's not there yet. I, I also I hate the Donovan Mitchell one being thrown around too. I mean, Donovan Mitchell averaged thirty six point three points per game in the bubble. It, like Anthony's very good. I don't I don't see that either.
0: Yeah. And Donovan again is like an aggressive downhill driver all the time. Like that's, that's what he does. He pulls up a lot and he takes some shitty shots, but like Donovan's game is aggressive downhill driver who fights his ass off defensively. And that's always been his brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he might not be like the most effective defender all the time because he's closer to six, one than he is to six, four, but he is someone that at least like can be reliable. Defensively in a real way. And and by the way, like Bradley Beal's a better player than Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, right now. So like it's just a little bit different uh in terms of what the comp is. Uh I I would say more explosive Bradley Beal, uh, with similar flaws, uh, if it if it goes right. Uh just in terms of the way that he goes and gets his buckets largely off of jumpers, pull-up jumpers, jumpers off the catch. um, Etc. And by the way, Bradley Beal is another guy who shot a little bit worse in college than what you would have expected him to shoot in college. Yes.
1: I remember looking back at that too. He was, was, the the knock was at Florida. He was in a sense, a shooter that couldn't shoot. He was like, had this reputation as being a shooter. His numbers just weren't there.
0: Yep. Uh, The floor for me is like Dion waiters. Yeah, that's a, f- a favorite. Like, yeah, you know, if if it just never clicks in defensively and he continues to take these terrible shots all the time, uh, it, it's a it's a wide chasm in terms of what the uh, ceiling and floor yeah, is with Anthony Brad, Edwards, Brad
1: Beal plus who averaged thirty points per game in the league, or Deion Waiters who's you know, fighting to get a championship ring from one of the teams.
0: Right, but it, it's it's basically up to Anthony Edwards. With what he yeah. wants to be. I mean, you've seen Anthony Edwards uh, probably even more than I have. Like, I've watched all of his tape, but you watched him all throughout the Under Armour circuit. So, where, where are you on this?
1: I don't know if he's Brad B a plus yet. I mean, I get that he has the tools he can score. And mm-hmm. it's also kind of lazy to be like, oh, he's in an open system that has more weapons around him. I do think his game will be better. I mean, I don't think we, we took too much away from the clutch sports day more than we already knew.
0: No, we, we did not. The, the, yeah, the number well, let's of leave, joke,
1: let's let's leave it there. Yeah, the number of joke
0: uh, uh, text messages I got about that was great. Uh, shout out to the riffs man because the riffs man. If do you know this account, Penny?
1: I do not know the Riftsman, man. No, I've, I've had since I've been on this podcast. I've had some interesting internet encounters, but no Riftsman.
0: man. The, the riffs man is a uh, just a Celtics basketball legend on okay. Twitter, basically. Uh, and one of the things is like he found a tweet from many years ago with, uh, Devin Booker saying going to Hooters with the fellas. And I got an actual text from an NBA, uh, scout saying LeBron and AD crushing beers and going to Hooters tonight with the fellas, uh, because it very much looked like they were like having beers on the sidelines of this. It,
1: it's uh, tailgating in 2020. You gotta, yeah. Do it somewhere. They, I mean, they were tailgating the Edwards
0: Maxi yeah. workout.
1: I'm not mad. You get to that level, they can do whatever they want. Just coming off a championship. I loved The celebration just extended, continued.
0: It was amazing.
1: Uh, you're up with Obi Toppin. I am Obi Toppin. So I'm going for Obi Toppin ceiling Amari Stoudemire light. Okay. Uh, I also wrestled with McDice with a jumper, some dash of John Collins, and my floor is Marvin Bagley. So my justification is bouncy, offensive weapon, struggles to guard, can be exposed in pick and roll or on the perimeter some. Offensively, very comfortable as a four and can make you pay as a four, but really should be a five. Uh can Obi stretch the floor enough from three with a, a larger sample size. He was 39% in college, but he was only 32 for 82. Amare only took 127 threes in his career, but like we kind of talked about before with Bosch a little bit, is like the game was also different and hadn't really fully transitioned into shooting bigs. So I think if the game had had expanded even more, we would have seen more of that out of Amari. Uh, but he was a 55% shooter from the field his last 5 seasons. The Bagley stuff you've talked about on here before with the Kings, they don't know if he's a 4 or is a 5, but probably best suited playing the 5 yeah. defensively so you don't have to guard on the perimeter.
0: I don't mind that one. Yeah, yeah I think that that's you know, I, I still have hope in Marvin. I think Marvin is quicker twitch than Obi.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with that. And i it's not supposed to be disparaging either. Like Marvin Bagley still is going to score a lot of points, but I, for Obi, it's like the, the knocks defensively is, is where I see kind of some similarities with the two.
0: Yeah. No, I get that one. I kind of dig yeah. it. All right. Now we're going to go to Anyeka Kongwu. Yep. The popular one has been bam out bio,
1: bam out of bio, bam, drinking game, bam, drink, go.
0: And I, I don't see that personally. With him, I I see Anyeka more as like it's it's hard it's it's really hard with him. It's like I'm I'm gonna say a name here and people are gonna think it's like negative and I, I don't really think of that this way. Like better defensively, Montrezl Harrell.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Because like. And Which, can, I mean,
1: Trez, Trez. I mean, the defensive stuff. Trez, they could hardly play at the end of the playoff games,
0: right? And I think Andiaka,
1: and who would, you know, I, again, I know it drives you nuts. He wasn't on any of the Pac-12 All Defensive teams, but known for being that versatile, switching big defender.
0: Yeah, like I, I just went back and looked at the Pac-12 teams earlier today because I was writing about Tyrell Terry. uh th- This must really
1: irk you because you talk about it a lot.
0: It's. Most bananas thing in the world. Tyler Bay won defensive player of the year, and I don't think he's a particularly good defender, uh, technically or anything. Um, athletic and like makes an impact on that end just by playing hard, but like, yeah, it, it, it was, it was bizarre to me, uh, the way that they voted on that defense award. But like, when I say, uh, Montrez, like, I think Inyeka is going to be a very high level, uh, rim runner and pick and roll player. You're going to see him occasionally post up smaller guys and your hope is that he can develop out to like 15 feet. And then obviously the hope is here defensively that Montrez uh, is just unplayable and Onyeka won't be that. So like it, mm-hmm. it's offensive Montrez Harrell with like, like daniel tice defense almost because like he'll not be against, good in sp- not against
1: bam though yeah
0: yeah like good in space but not like hyper elite in space like i, I don't think Onyeka's is an all defense team guy in the nba like so so that's
1: is. a good question too do you think his despite your anger with the pac 12 defensive teams do you think any of his defensive stuff has been overstated a little bit
0: a little bit in terms of translation to the NBA, because he is okay. six foot nine with like a seven foot one wingspan. Like he he's not this like monster, enormous center. He like, honestly, you go back and watch the tape when they played Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart kind of wrecked him a little bit because he yeah. just absolutely threw him uh, around on the block.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Big and strong. Yep. Yeah.
0: So. There are gonna be centers that can do that. Like Joel Embiid, if he goes to an Eastern Conference team, like Joel Embiid will like take care of him, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you're gonna see I agree with your point, but I also don't think you're gonna see too many Joel Embiids where the, no. the NBA is is moving toward the Onyeka archetypes of the world. But like but even
0: even the, the Marcus Aldridge, I think, catches him right now.
1: Yeah, be a lot of elbow stuff, but yeah, he will.
0: Right. Uh the floor for me is like slightly worse Tristan Thompson.
1: Like, okay, that's exactly who I had too.
0: Yeah, like like honestly, like I think Onyeka is one of the safest guys in this draft and and I feel I've moved him up to 4 on my board. Just spoiler alert for whenever I uh release uh this big project I'm working on, but
1: 100,000 words.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a monster. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I would say, like, I feel very safe with what Tristan Thompson is in the NBA, and I feel safe that, you know, Anyeka Kongwu is going to be able to provide an, a similar level impact to him.
1: Hmm. All right, I'm good with that. That works. All
0: right, before we uh, move on here, let's take a quick commercial break to hear from the sponsors. <laughs> All right. And we are back here. Uh, number six, Penny.
1: Six, Isaac Coro, one of our favorites. I had for a ceiling, like a jacked up Andre Iguodala yeah. or like a Jalen Brown light. And for the floor, I had Justice Winslow.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like the Iguodala one a lot.
1: Okay. And again, it's kind of like a jacked up Iggy. It's not necessarily him now, but... Competitive, closer level defender, has the physical tools. The offensive game isn't that bad. The three point shot, nowhere where it needs to be. He works. Uh the Iggy comp to me is more kind of later years too, is they transition more to the front court. Mm-hmm. For Okoro, the size and strength will allow an easier adjustment for him too to the physicality of the NBA game. Uh, both with the with the defensive versatility profile. Um, but that's like the most intriguing part of it. If you look at their numbers too, at, uh, Auburn, Okora was 20 for 70 from three when Iguodala was at Arizona, he was 23 for 73 from three. So there are also kind of numbers just without the eye test, just like the analytics test where you see potentially, okay, this is where he was his shop became more dependable as time wore on and if Okora does that and can do a little bit more off the bounce it's only going to expand kind of what people think of him as well.
0: Yeah, no question. And I actually think he's like a really underrated passer and playmaker. Like he reads yes, second yes, and third yes. level of the defense. I, like I
1: left that out, but for sure.
0: Really, really well. Like that that's where I really like the Igudala stuff. Like I think he's going to be able to do all of that at a pretty high level.
1: Yeah, I think you can run stuff from the elbow to hit the high post. Guy can come off, do dribble handoffs, face up, see guys cutting to the lane. That's a good part of his game as well.
0: Yeah, and has really good footwork around the basket. Like, can put one on someone's head, but also can finish underneath the rim if he has to. Like, changes angles on rim protectors really well. I, I really, Okoro is another guy that I continue to get higher on the more that I watch him.
1: Yeah, it's a level of trust too. I don't think you have to worry about him out there making bonehead mistakes on either side of the floor, really. Right. Like Like, the worst case scenario is it takes like an errant three, which he's getting better at shooting and from a mechanic standpoint. Like that's the worst that happens. Like I trust him when the game's ending for him to be guarding the wing and and switching on to a big, then back to the wing. He did that in a few possessions at Auburn that have kind of like been floating around the internet. Those are the type of actions that nba guys are intrigued with
0: right and and like that's where the comparisons that like for instance i've seen like a lot of pistons fans say, like i don't want another stanley johnson
1: yeah i don't think stanley
0: he's he's not stanley at all like he's the basketball iq is just like eons and like Matters I mean,
1: of, and, and despite Isaac probably being, I guess, physically stronger than Stanley was at the time, Stanley did have more of kind of like a bully ball game too. Yeah. Like, as strong as as core is, I don't he uses that sometimes when he'll face up and, and rip and try to dunk on a guy, but that's yeah. not like the I don't know the center of his game. I guess you could say.
0: No, I, I think that's a hundred percent right. Okay, number seven, I I have R J Hampton, and I, I, again, like I'll be honest, I, I've slid R J down a few more after going back and watching the uh, Australia tape. Slash New Zealand tape, I guess in his case, uh, I would say the ceiling is someone that he actually compared himself to earlier today. Like I think it's probably something similar to Zach Levine. Uh, yeah, he, he likes that one. Did an interview with Hoops Hype, and I, I think that that is the ceiling. And I, I'm someone who really, actually, quite is. If you listen to the podcast with Seth Part now, I think I'm higher on Zach Levine than what the general basketball consensus is. Uh, anytime that you can have such a ridiculous usage rate and average 25 points a game and do so on plus efficiency, I think it's an impressive thing. Uh, and I think it's something worth commending. Uh, the floor for RJ Hampton is like Dante Exum. Like,
1: yep. I had that too.
0: It's, it's low. Uh, it, it is like barely. NBA player, but definitely NBA player, like some something in that range, uh, but not a particularly effective NBA player. Uh, it would be almost like Dante. But both Exum. super
1: athletes, yeah,
0: yeah. It'd be almost like Dante Exum without the like defensive intensity that Exum showed in Utah uh, throughout the course of his career.
1: Mm. It does seem. This is kind of as an aside, but his buzz is also trending upward. Do you think there's any scenario if he gets out of the lottery or do you think that's pretty much locked?
0: I wouldn't say it's a 100% lock that he goes in the lottery. Yeah, I think I would be a little bit surprised if he got out of the lottery and I don't see him getting out of the top 20.
1: Yeah, no, I don't either.
0: So I I would not be surprised, but yeah, RJ Hampton, I, I'm actually a bit of a believer in the jump shot. I've written about that extensively. So if I'm that, like that's kind of where the Zach Levine thing comes through, right? Is Levine developed into like a super elite level jump shooter. Uh, Hampton is a really good finisher, a very different finisher from Levine. Cause Levine, again, will just put some, something on a guy's head. Right. But RJ is more of like a length extension finisher, really good footwork around the basket. Um, yeah, I, I I would say like combo guard, scoring guard, uh, guy that I think – like I think Levine could make an impact on an NBA uh, playoff team too, but probably not in the role that he's currently in.
1: Yeah, and for RJ, I th- so with some of the size, once he gets a little bit bigger and more comfortable too, he's, he's not the athlete that Zach Levine is. I think there's very few people in the NBA that are, but he does have – RJ does some have athleticism where he'll be able to turn the corner and, and dunk – as he gets uh, again, more confident in not being bumped off his path as he drives the paint. But Zach Levine makes sense. I mean, Zach, he said Zach Levine or Jamal Murray. I don't see Jamal Murray really at all, but Zach Levine's not a bad one.
0: Yeah. I I actually really love RJ's first step in a real way. Like I I think he is a super high level first step athlete, um, but needs to kind of improve, uh, Defensively he needs to improve as a distributor, as a, uh, as a willing passer, as much as anything. Like he, he makes okay, uh, easy reads from time to time, and then he just takes terrible shots. So, you know, Levine, again, is somewhat similar to all of this, I think. So, uh, you're up. Uh, who, who I'm do you eight. got next?
1: Yep. I have Tyrese Halliburton, another draft darling. So I had for a high, I struggled this one a little bit. This is one that I think we've actually talked about before. I did as a high Lonzo, and then I did for a low, like, Patrick McCaw.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Yeah, so uh, yeah.
1: explain. These, and I also want to just say for the record, these are not all mine. Like, I also talked to some NBA scouts some other people. Like, I am not this <laughs> smart. But anyway, uh, for Lonzo and for Ty- more Tyrese and Lonzo, big guard, best suitor is kind of like a secondary facilitator playing next to another facilitator creator, has the height and the vision from playing that off-guard spot has size, but I worry a little bit about the fluidity of the jumper coming off the dribble, be able to score off pull-ups just the way he kind of like leans forward a little bit. It releases in the front of his face. His, His feet are a little funky. He's one of the many prospects who've added 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, but I still am worried about him a little bit finishing at the rim. Does it turn into more, of a floater package. Does he try to finish on the other side? Like, I don't think yep. he's, he's turning the corner in, in the amateur on somebody either. Uh, as a kind of weak parallel, they both do have funky releases to their shot for McCaw. It's like, he's a big guard, inconsistent 30% shooter from three again, best off the ball to put a bow in it. Uh, I, I do like Halliburton. I think he's a guy, but like a, a high end role player guy and not the guy, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So basically Lonzo and I sure. think he's going to be like, I think he has a very good chance of hitting that ceiling as well, which is why I have him a little bit higher. Uh, uh, he's up to like seven or eight on my board now. Um, I am generally quite a fan of Halliburton being a good role player who will defend off the ball, will always be in the right position rotationally, will always just be around in a really intelligent manner, I think. Uh, and we'll lead the break and we'll always make the right passing read. Like those guys help teams win. I think Halliburton will help teams win while not necessarily being the driver of why a team is winning.
1: Totally. And if he's around – and that's what you want for an NBA starter or a rotation guy that you can put other scorers around if You don't have to worry about him feeling some type of way if he's not the yep. guy. Yeah, I think it's been well-established that he's okay and, and comfortable and aware of who he is. He actually does look bigger, as much as I knock all these people for adding 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. He's working out at Impact Basketball. The jumper looks a little bit quicker, albeit still kind of a funky release. So he, he's working on his game. I mean, he's he's had this off time to improve, and it looks like he has.
0: Yeah, the, n- the next one is Killian Hayes.
1: Yeah, I, like, uh, I lucked out this, and it's like all these internationals who – you so politely gave to me in the last mock draft, and now you're having to eat it and figure it out.
0: Yeah, you're, you're giving me uh giving me some messy ones here. Uh, I actually think Killian's is relatively easy. Like I think his ceiling is something similar to D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, uh, very left hand dominant. Uh, you know, needs a ball screen to be able to get separation. High level live dribble passer, and has some potential as a shooter off the dribble can make a case that he's better defensively than d'angelo russell for sure uh ultimately though like his handle is not as strong as russell's was coming in Mm -hmm. and i'm a little bit skeptical that he hits that ceiling because of that like he is exceptionally left hand dominant like russell yeah russell likes dribbling with his left hand and very much prefers it like I watched all of Killian Hayes' assists this year. I don't think I saw him make a single like live dribble pass with his right.
1: Right, and even some of the highlights too. He'll drive, and he should really finish with his right hand. He has his defender on his hip, and yep. he'll still go back to the left hand on the right side of the basket. Yep. So he just doesn't. He doesn't necessarily trust it either. Are you in the camp at all, buying him as a top three guy in this draft?
0: I'm not. I get why people do it. Like I, I think that. Like, I went back last week, late last week, and like, I watched three or four of his games. I watched every single pick and roll possession he had, every isolation possession he had, every assist he had this year. (laughs) Like, I wanted to make sure that I was not missing anything. Right. And what it comes down to for me is that the highlights with Killian Hayes are amazing. The flashes that you see are just like immediately translatable to the NBA at times. Like you see him go like sidestep to the right, you know, Dame Lillard step back three because he's left-handed. So it's like slightly different than dames, right? Right. Like you see him, you know, have these nice little floater touch shots in the mid range. Like, Potentially the ability to be like a three level scorer has like pretty good, like finishing around the basket. Like you can see like some flashes of like Ginobili finishing around the basket with him. But I don't think he's a good enough ball handler to get there consistently. Uh, I don't think he has enough burst to get there consistently. And I think teams are just going to sit on his left hand and like, whereas James Harden yeah, make
1: a beat with the right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like James Harden is one of the best ball handlers like in the NBA and can do that. I don't think Hayes can really do that from what I've seen. It, like when you watch his games, the flashes always pop, but from an overall impact perspective, for like the 30 minutes a night that he plays or, you know, 25 to 30, whatever it was, it isn't quite as impactful as what you would think because he can't consistently like get into the teeth of the defense and uh he like can't quite get that consistent separation. And like, frankly, he can't quite consistently knock down a jumper off the catch.
1: I just like the idea of you in, like, a dark room with just the glow of your computer screen watching Synergy for, like, 18 straight hours trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is possible. I mean, what what else are we doing? We, we, we still have, whatever, two weeks for the draft. And some people have number one. So, if you have them nine, you got to justify it.
0: Yeah, that is uh... – <laughs> that is uh, definitely true what what was happening last friday for me i was just sitting here in the dark watching a lot of killian hayes tape um but i i did want to make sure i wasn't missing it but um yeah and i think he's a really good player like i think he is a very interesting long-term player that i would understand like i think i'm gonna have him at seven or eight like i keep flipping back and forth on him and halliburton uh for certain teams, I can see Hayes being better. For certain teams, I can yeah, see Halliburton being fit. better. Like it's yep. absolutely a fit question, but yeah, I, I just can't quite buy in as much as everyone else is. Mm. All right, you're up. Who do you have next?
1: i am i am a I'm a ten. I have Denny. Are you keeping him at 10? Because like we did the mock and he got to 12th and we thought it was crazy. The golden state, whether it's smokescreen or not, it's looking at him at two. I've seen a lot of places four or five. Does he get to 10 or is this kind of just like your personal view of it?
0: Oh, he's not getting to 10. I would be pretty surprised if he got out of the top five at this stage.
1: All right. Well, I for him, I'm I'm lower
0: on him. Like I will have him, you know, nine, maybe eight, something like that. But
1: but, but right there.
0: Yeah. Like he'll, he'll be in this like second tier for me though.
1: Yeah. So for him, I, I saw kind of like a, a younger Batum. Uh, older Batum is more of a three point shooter. And then low end, I had Hazonja. Versatile forward, lacks a jump shot. That's why I, I see like the Gallinari, the Gordon Hayward comps. I just don't get it because those guys can really shoot. Like yep. that's what they're known for, for like stretching the floor. So. I kind of had to dig for this one. Uh, I've seen the Karolinko name, but he doesn't have the defense of, of no. Andre Karolinko. But you can use him in different actions. He makes plays as a ball handler and a screener out of pick-and-pop and, and pick-and-roll. But tomb also served as kind of like a big facilitator, averaged almost six assists per game in 2016-2017. Shot 33% from three, but 85% from... The line, I know, like, Denny's free throw stuff is not great, and his three is not great. The Hazonga thing was just kind of similar size, drafted top five, a little bit better shooter, but didn't pan out. But I, like, just being totally transparent, I I couldn't really nail down a guy where I'm like, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, like, it, it's almost like. He's
1: not, he's not a shooting big. So it's like, all these names are shooting bigs. Like, well, that doesn't really make sense.
0: No, he's he's a playmaking big. Like he is yeah. like a point forward. Like it's all it's almost right. like smaller, less athletic Lamar Odom almost is is like okay. the play style, but he's nowhere near yeah. the defender that Lamar was.
1: Right. And I don't, like I haven't seen enough of Denny but I don't know if he's that smooth off the dribble either.
0: He's pretty good off the bat. Like I think he's a pretty good ball handler especially for his size. Like I think he's going to be at some point, like a reasonable secondary ball handler. Um,
1: right. And Lamar Odom was like one of the original big guards of like, why is this guy bringing the ball to court?
0: Right. Like you're going to be able to have Denny bring the ball up the court and he's going to make really high level passes. Um Yeah. I just don't know that he's going to be good enough defensively. Like this skill package for me would need to be like a high level defender. Almost. And I don't think he's bad defensively. I just don't think he's going to be like a difference maker defensively.
1: Yeah. Haven't totally bought it and have to see more.
0: Yeah. Like he's, he's smart. He knows where to be. Like, you know, he's willing and he knows exactly how to like handle his shit on that end. Um,
1: and didn't he have the great quote, I think you retweeted that like the New York Knicks are an organization.
0: Yes. The New York Knicks yeah. are an organization. Like that that's the <laughs> other you. thing too. Like everything I've been told is like very mature kid, professional mindset already, like really going to be a worker. Like you, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I, I think that frankly is why a lot of uh, teams near the top are like, okay, we can trust him to keep getting better. Um
1: but but not at two. If we're saying the ceiling of of Ant is like Brad Beal jacked up, and we're saying like maybe Denny's a, a less Lamar Odom.
0: Right, right. No, I. I it's a tough skill set for me. Like it's it's a weird skill set to try and figure out. So uh, let's uh let's move on. All right, let's go eleven. So You're I am up. up, and you gave me Devin Vassell, which is. Pretty easy. I actually think that the ceiling is Danny green.
1: Okay. I like that one.
0: Um, maybe like 10% more effective offensively. Danny green, but has like the same elite level, like defensive tools and crazy, uh, like off ball defense and team defense that Danny green has, uh, The floor, I think, is pretty low to be honest. If he doesn't shoot, Mm. um, and I I think that we might be putting like the cart before the horse a little bit. Uh, the floor might be like Matisse Thibault this year, pre bubble. Yeah, even I mean, even post bubble,
1: like (laughs) bubble Thibault was was good though. It's legit.
0: He's fine. Like Matisse yeah. Steibel averaged like five points a game this year, was an awesome team defender, clearly got minutes, clearly was a rotation player in the NBA, but you know, I, I have some real questions about where the offense goes from here. I have the same questions about uh Devin Vassell this year.
1: So you don't see the the Covington, Chris Middleton type comps?
0: He's not he's not as big as those guys. Yeah. Middleton's almost six eight and can create his own shot in isolation. Like Devin Vassell can't do that. Uh, Covington, yeah, like I think Covington's kind of a similar player. He's just also six foot nine with like a seven foot wingspan.
1: Mm. All right, that's fair. That plays. All right, yeah. I'm at I'm at, I'm at, I'm at twelve. still so plotting along the ladder here. So I Kyra Lewis. I had some mix of Darren Collison. And a bigger ish, and I had as a floor Colin Sexton and game changing ish Smith. Yeah,
0: man, you hate Kyra Lewis?
1: No, I don't. See, like Darren, you hate
0: Kyra Lewis? No, I do not.
1: Why? Like Darren Carlson is a career averaging fourteen points per game. If you get that at twelve, that's a great value pick.
0: Why do you hate Kyra Lewis, Matt Penny?
1: You have him twelve. You're the one who hates him. You, you, if you'd like Kyle Lewis, you'd have him the first point guard on the board.
0: Oh, man. But uh, uh, my like justification. That. huh? I like that. I like yeah. that take.
1: Yeah. So game-changing speed, quickness. He facilitated better toward the end of the year. Uh, like similar concerns I have about other guards, smaller guards in draft is he needs that mid-range floater to really finish over bigger defenders. And, and when he beats his man, a guy steps up. And he doesn't really have the true explosion at the rim. Uh, he might actually turn it over a little bit more than Collison, but their numbers also, from a shooting perspective, really match up. And Kyra shot 46% for the field, 37% from three, 80% for the free throw line. Collison as a career is for, like the same, like 47, 39, 85. Uh The section thing's only because, I mean, he still averaged, I want to say like 20 points per game this year. But there's also times where he plays too fast, a little out of control and – Frankly had good stats on not a great team. Okay. Are you like pick are you picking up your jaw off the floor because I just I, I hit one of your bankies too hard?
0: I'm trying to I, I'm just like there's like Darren Collison as a ceiling is tough for me.
1: But it's 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 somebody of that six foot, six one mold. That's fast. That can score. That isn't averaging to me twenty two points per game.
0: Yeah, like it's it's almost like Ty Lawson almost. Sure, but bigger. Uh, but it's like, like he's uh, bigger than Ty though.
1: Yeah, but like I don't like Darren Collison is meant to be a shot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Kyra is kind of tough for what it's worth. Like I, I actually do agree. Like it's it's almost like much less vertical pop. De'Aaron Fox.
1: See, I had De'Aaron Fox, but like, I don't think he has that that burst athletically at the rim.
0: Yeah, no, he doesn't. Like that. That's the difference. Is like he just does not have that
1: in it. But you're killing me for Colson. I just pulled it up. Ty Lawson, a career 12.7 points per game, six assists. Yeah, but Collison's like
0: those numbers at the end of his career because of his. Sure. Let's he rattled
1: it, off like four straight years of like six or seven points per game. Issues? Had a good stretch for three yeah. seasons where he averaged like 15 plus.
0: Yeah. Like Ty, like during those, like his second year to his sixth year, averaged 15 points, seven assists, and did so on 46 from the field, 37 from three, 77 from the line. Like may- maybe prime Ty Lawson. Would you say Darren yeah. Collison had a better career than Ty Lawson?
1: I'm saying, and he had. He never averaged single digits. He averaged yeah. at least twelve points per game in almost every one of his seasons, and at a high of sixteen, six, and three.
0: You know what? I'm I'm here for. If this. If you're
1: getting sixteen, six, and three, uh, like that's not a that's not a bad thing. I think we're I'm, happy with that.
0: I think I'm here for this. Actually,
1: okay,
0: yeah. He probably did have a better career than Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson's uh, star shone brighter for like two years there.
1: Yes, it was a bright star for two or three years.
0: But, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, The next one is Pokashevsky and pass. Like, (laughs) (laughs) totally. Yeah,
1: just say poor man's Porzingis and move on. Don't even explain it. I know they don't fit. Like, whatever.
0: Yeah, like he's. Way more fluid than Porzingis is,
1: but but again, like he is. But you also have to remember who he's playing too. Like he looks like a seven foot Magic Johnson Anthony Davis hybrid in that league, in the highlights anyway.
0: Yeah, he does. Like it's it's a joke. Like I like, totally get. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, ceiling Anthony Davis, floor Magic Johnson.
0: Yeah, ceiling Anthony Davis, floor Jan Vesely. Like Great. I don't fucking know. It's this this league. I think I wrote more about Pokushevsky in this project than almost anyone else because I'm just fascinated by him in a very real way. Uh, the balance at seven feet tall, like he's not – if I'm going to be real about this, right, and like take this seriously um, and not just like pass,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the big issue that I have with Pokushevsky is I think that he is really bad guarding the ball. Like, he's a very poor defender in that league on the ball. And I think what teams will do is just put him in every single primary action and force him to defend until he gets stronger. And
1: And then then bury him in the post for a quick touch and just get killed. Right. Like, you think is getting thrown around? Like, what's going to happen with this guy?
0: No, a a thousand percent. So – Trying to find the guy that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there's no one like him, really. There, there genuinely is no one. It's almost like the ceiling is like what Jaron Jackson did this year. Like, high volume three point shooter, hopefully makes it a high percentage. And then. Mm-hmm. If you also throw in like passing ability that Jaron hasn't shown yet, it's the the ceiling offensively is like exceptionally high, just unbelievable. Just a lot of things
1: have to click to get there though, too.
0: Right, and like he doesn't play through contact well at all right now either is the other problem. So like Jaron Jackson's two hundred forty pounds, Puckishewski is
1: I think two ten, maybe two ten like, might be one. high. Yeah, I think it was 190. They listed him at 210, so split the difference. Maybe it's like 205.
0: Right. So I don't I, – I have some concerns. The more I watch Pokushevsky, I, I have some concerns on the way that it works at the next level, but that is not to diminish the ceiling being through the roof, to quote Michael Jordan.
1: Right. Ceiling is the roof. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I'm at 14. I got Patrick Williams, who's, he killed me for taking fifth, but he's been kind of whispered in that top 7 to 10 range lately. Don't virtually throw anything at me because I'm not saying he's him. I'm just saying some level of physicality of Kawhi Leonard, but more of like the OG-type game build. For high, for low, kind of like a physical presence off the bench, I had Corey Maggette.
0: So, so, the more I watch him, the more yep. I kind of get it.
1: Okay, in what sense, high or low? The high. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So you're coming around. I'm not so crazy after all.
0: Like I, I, I don't think he's Kawhi.
1: I I do not uh, think uh, he's no no no. Let's let's hard stop there. He's not Kawhi Leonard. But he has the the huge shoulders. He has the frame. He does some pull up stuff off the dribble now. Can play a variety of positions and roles without hurting you.
0: Passes the hell out of it.
1: Like, passes the hell out of it. And he does have a 6'11 wingspan too. He's not the Kawhi, like seven four whatever right. craziness he has with his enormous hands. And then if, if you look, just as like, again, just college stats, parallels, Kawhi and college average 15 and a half points per game, 10 rebounds, 29% from three. I mean, Patrick Williams only played 22 minutes per game, uh, uh shot 32% from three. Was like 16 for 50. Kawhi was 25 for 86. Obviously, Kawhi got a lot better. He's in a great developmental system. If Patrick Williams gets there and is with a team that's that's known for developing their guys, like I like his upside as much as anybody else here. I mean, you just don't—you kind of don't even know what you're getting yet either. I mean, he didn't start for Florida State.
0: Yeah, I've I've pushed Pat Williams up the board a little bit too. Um, I, I have him in the lottery now. Um, yeah,
1: no, I, he's definitely going to be in the lottery.
0: Yeah. It, it's a fascinating skill set. Like, it is one of the more interesting skill sets that I can remember. Uh, because he is so enormous and so raw at this stage, but also like has all of these weird latent skills while mm-hmm. also being like an cr- incredibly reactive defender. It's, yes,
1: very good team defender.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, people are going to hear that and be like, that's a crazy ceiling, but I'm, I don't think he gets there, but like, I, I get where you're coming from.
1: At least. You just hedge the bet, say light, Kawhi Leonard light. And then it's like, it takes some of the, the shine off it.
0: Who, who, who would be Kawhi Leonard light in today's NBA?
1: Patrick Williams. Uh, that's a good question. Like, it would be light a top six. Does Marcus Morris
0: NBA. think he's Kawhi Leonard?
1: Oh God, he might think that, but I don't. <laughs> I hope that's not the Patrick Williams ceiling.
0: Um, no, I, I don't think that that's even really a comparable thing. Um, almost they do it very differently, but like T.J. Warren with the way that he gets a lot in the mid range while also being like pretty efficient offensively.
1: Yeah, I think he probably, I think TJ Warren does a little bit more off the dribble, can score a little bit more on an island and, and get his own. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Williams maybe gets there, but uh, when he was rattling off those 36 point games, he was much, like it wasn't, Patrick Williams, you also run some quick post action forward to give him a touch. Like.
0: Right.
1: TJ Warren's much more perimeter based.
0: Right. The one thing that worries me a little bit with Williams is he's just not like an explosive athlete. Like. Yeah. Yeah, he's not that guy either. Um, Sadiq Bey is up next. For Sadiq, I have got Damari Carroll, like peak Damari Carroll. Okay. Where, uh, if, I don't think Damari made an all-star game.
1: Mm, I don't think If I
0: remember so. correctly, uh, I think he was just like on the outside looking in in those like couple of years with the Hawks. But, you know, average something like 12 points, five rebounds, a couple assists a night, played really strong defense within a team construct, uh, was very switchable, uh, you know, very, very clear above average starter in the NBA. And then the floor, because I think Sadiq is going to shoot it at a pretty high level. So I don't think he'll ever be out of the NBA. But if the defense doesn't totally translate in the way that you know everyone hopes because of the athleticism is there like is there like a George Niang this year like almost floor there?
1: I think Sadiq's a a little bit more mobile, fluid, better shooter.
0: Right. I agree with you. But like then I hear from teams that think he's like an absolutely terrible athlete. Okay. So.
1: But I also have like visions of George Niang at Iowa State just doing like every trick in his bag in the post and scoring there. Like that's just not Sadiq.
0: Maybe uh, Maybe it's more like what Cam Johnson was this year.
1: Okay, that, that I think that fits a
0: little bit better. And, and Cam Johnson was really good for a rookie. Like, yeah, I don't no, mean that stretch. is a negative. Like I'm saying, like very clear rotation shooter, but probably not like a starter level player.
1: Right. I I forgot about the Damari Carroll thing in 2015 when he was the only Hawk starter not selected to the All Star game.
0: Yeah, and, and it was really good, good that year too.
1: Yeah, that's a good. Trivia tidbit: Millsap, Horford, Teague, Kyle Korver, not Demar Carroll.
0: Yeah, frankly, was probably better than Kyle Korver that year. If we're yeah going to be honest with it, like Korver got well, he won.
1: averaged twelve point three points per game. Korver's thirteen point four. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Korver was really good. Like, and I don't mean that as a slight at Korver, but like Corver's one of the best three point shooters in NBA history. But you know, Demar Carroll defended and did a lot of different stuff. So um, that's definitely not a slight when I say that. No. Alright, you're up. No
1: slides here. Yeah, 16. Tyrese Maxey. So, again, if you watch the the Clutch Sports Pro Day, they had a little interview with John Calipari. He said, you can't pass on him. It'll be like passing on Jamal Murray or, or Shea. I, I don't see those. I see him more as like a, a scoring punch off the bench, kind of like a, a Lou Will, or maybe in like the Kobe White mold. I mean, for, for Maxey, he played on that. And we're also outside the lottery, so I, I might just do like one guy here. Uh he was on that team and really wasn't able to show his full arsenal. I don't think he's either of those Kentucky guys. I don't think he's booker or Hero either. I think he's an okay shooter and an okay athlete. I mean that he has fixed his jumper a little bit. seems like the release points a, a little bit higher. So you trust that he can work on continuing to improve that. You can also trust him defensively on the ball. Uh, like Lou will offensively though. He can take some tough contested shots. He shot 29% from college three, the world famous, but he shoots 83% of the free throw line. So maybe it's it's less of a a push and less of a dip. And those numbers can also bounce up too.
0: He's a better defender than a lot of those guys, though, than like that type of guard.
1: Yeah, this is when it kind of gets like a little dicey for me outside the lottery, too, because it's hard to like pinpoint Guys with this like exact skill set of yeah, all right. He's not quite the score of Lou Will, but he's a better defender. Okay, so who is that at sixteen where you don't want to say like somebody who's an established NBA guy averaging whatever eighteen a game?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Like
1: Th- this is where we need your depth of knowledge for just like pulling out random guys. Like, yeah, no, sounds good. <laughs> Great, had him down too.
0: I, d- I think he's probably higher ceiling than alec burks
1: okay that can play like but you're not but you're i mean he's 16 here you're not like a top 10 maxi guy
0: i'm not a top 10 guy i i've moved him up a couple spots but
1: (sighs) you're moving up a lot of guys i'm excited to see who moves down
0: we've mentioned a few um yeah Yeah, i I like maxi um Mm -hmm. I get the I get the appeal if you think he can shoot it and do it consistently. Yeah. Yep. Uh all right. Let's go to Aaron Naismith is up. Yeah. Ceiling would be something like just a like Joe Harris.
1: Yeah, I like that
0: one. I think that the closest player to him is a like Alan Crab, to be honest, like a little bit mm. less effective Joe I Harris. I think you were,
1: you were, did Spencer make that parallel on the pod?
0: Yeah. And Crabb I think it's, somebody. I think it's dead on to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then the floor would be like, oh. Uh, floor i think is like somewhat low like actually maybe maybe the ceiling i don't know like gary trent like comes to mind as mm. well for me just big strong frame a ah, super high level shooter off of movement but yeah,
1: I, I thought similar for desmond bain but we'll get there
0: yeah no i like that one for desmond bain as well um floor is tough because like he's definitely gonna shoot it but he's like maybe not a 49% three-point shooter. I think he shot 52 this year. Like what happens if he's a 36? Not,
1: not really non-conference too. I think he played like one conference game, right? Right.
0: Him. Yeah, he did. Uh, Like what happens if he's a 36% three-point shooter?
1: Yeah. What else is he doing?
0: Yeah. What else is he doing? It'd be almost like... But it, like in that case, he's not Kyle Korver because like even like now Kyle Korver because he won't be that level of gravitational threat.
1: And Korver, uh, to me, Korver moves a lot better without the ball too. Like he doesn't necessarily need screens. He's a, he's like the Duncan Robinson school of like I'm just going to run around the whole game and you're going to fall asleep and I'm going to catch it and kick my leg out and hit it. Th-
0: like what 30, people 40. thought Torian Prince was with the Hawks the last couple of years. Like he fell off a cliff this year in Brooklyn and was not quite that, but like 38 to 39 percent three-point shooter who doesn't actually like impact winning all that much maybe
1: yeah not his big version but yeah
0: yeah like something apply. like that
1: all right i'm there uh i'm at 18 i have Cole anthony i'm gonna say austin rivers and i think there's some parallels beyond just like it's a coach's son and whatever. So, I mean, both were heralded high school stars who struggled on not great Wait, college. The, oh, teams. so
0: you're, you're only giving one name. You're not giving a ceiling.
1: I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, I figured outside like the top 15 or so sure. we could do that just as the lightning ground. So people aren't like, why are they talking two hours about this guys? Uh, so both were, their college teams weren't great. I mean, uh, Austin rivers, that Duke team lost to Lehigh in the tournament, North Carolina would not have been in the tournament, but both can create their own shot at a pretty high level. Both can take some bad ones at times. Inconsistent shooters and probably not best as primary facilitators either. I mean, you might fight me on that with with Cole Anthony, but Austin Rivers is also still in the NBA and his average close to ten points per game for his career. Uh, my kind of like parallel question to you is. Colanthi was preseason like a top five guy or considered top five guy. How much do you, we buy into the, he was playing through injury and the surrounding parts just weren't there argument.
0: A little bit, but not enough to just like totally hand wave it because what worries me is that he didn't play up to the athleticism that, like everyone thought he had, right? Yep. Like he he was not a guy that looked particularly explosive out there. I didn't think he looked explosive by college standards, but like Kyra Lewis looked way quicker, right? Oh yeah, like,
1: no, I don't think that's that's close. And, and Cole's a guy we said when he has space to load up and really yep. dunk and crank it, he can. But he's not he's not doing with a guy on his hip.
0: No, he's not. Um, I'm trying to think of another guard here. Like R.J. Hampton looked a lot quicker on the ground than mm. he than he did. I thought. Um, I'm trying to think of like another explosive guard. Like honestly, to me, like Grant Riller looked bouncier around the rim.
1: Yeah, despite not uh, bouncier and probably hold his ground a little bit more too with his strong upper. right.
0: I actually think Cole Shoulders. plays through contact well. Yeah. Like I, I think He does
1: that, and gets and, get, and gets a free throw line too.
0: Yeah, like he embraces contact and embraces physicality, but doesn't necessarily explode through contact.
1: Right. And I don't see the some places have said shades of Kemba Walker. Like I don't I don't necessarily see him as shooting that high of a percentage and trusting him at, at that level.
0: Yeah. I think he's more of a volume shooter, but I think he will knock down shots. Yes. Um,
1: but I don't know if he's starting for the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference finals.
0: Right. Like, and I'll say this, like, yeah, I agree with that. And, and Cole Anthony, like, I think he's going to play well off the ball if he's next yes, to, yes,
1: yes. A, uh, the game will be easier for him when he doesn't have to create as well.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think he's definitely an NBA player and I think he's like definitely a rotation player. Uh, there's a world where he's a starting point guard and can be like a re- a pretty good one, I think. But he needs to improve his passing accuracy. I think not just like decision-making. Cause I actually kind of liked him as a passer at lower levels, but like, I think that he had vision and saw things, but was often just a little bit inaccurate with his passes. Um, needs to improve there needs to keep improving as a jump shooter. Needs to be willing to pass, which I think this year was just like he played for a terrible team and chose not to pass. And then I actually kind of like him defensively, too. Like, I think that there's a world where he's a useful player.
1: Yeah, I am coast on that. I coast on all stuff. It's It's going to be a fit where he can be an NBA starter somewhere, but it has to be the right situation.
0: Right. Like I, I have him in the same tier as, you know, guys that I think have a shot to be NBA starters. So I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you, to be honest. Um, I, I don't, right. I have him lower than where I thought I would coming into this pre-draft process, just having gone back and watched the tape and, you know, seeing where the league is going and everything. But yeah, I mean, I, I get it with Cole. Uh, I think that there's some real upside there if he can keep improving. All right. The next guy here. Precious Achua. Do we know how to say Precious's name? You probably know.
1: I thought, I thought it was Achua. Precious but Achua. I, I've heard both.
0: Okay. This is a tough one.
1: <laughs> Cause. Well, it's who does he want to be or who is he, right?
0: Right. He, he, I think he would prefer to be like Robert Covington almost. Ooh. Except like
1: I think he'd like to be
0: guy who can handle the ball as well. Like Robert Covington, who tries to dribble is what I think he wants to be. Uh, I think he's best off being like Daniel Tice.
1: (laughs) Okay. A a lot of Tice action. A lot of Tice love on this.
0: Yeah. I've mentioned Tice twice because I think that Tice is like a starting level NBA center. And I think he's pretty good. And where I think he is particularly good is guarding away from the basket. Daniel Tice can actually handle defensive pick and roll coverages and switches. Precious Achua can do that. Uh, I think he actually slides his feet really, really well and has great lateral quickness and is a really underrated rim protector, much in the same way that Tice is. The thing about this, though, is Entice, like, is an occasional three-point shooter, much in the same way that I think Precious could be an occasional three-point shooter. The thing about this is, though, like, I think Precious wants to float and, like, wants to not do, like, the dirty rebounding work and, like, crashing the offensive glass and stuff. He needs to want to do that or else it's not going to go
1: To to me, which is screaming Gerald Wallace, who I thought you were going to say.
0: Yeah, I get that, but like Gerald got to the point where he could actually like play, like I like play on the perimeter a little bit. Like I, I think that for Precious, I mean, like do you ever see Precious averaging nineteen points a game? I don't know. Yeah, like for a five-year stretch there, Gerald Wallace averaged eighteen points, eight rebounds, three assists.
1: Yeah, I meant more like the stylistically the type of game he plays not necessarily going to score 19 points per game
0: yeah I, I get that i get gerald from that perspective i think that that is kind of the hope like it would almost be better defensively kenneth farid maybe mm, okay like super high motor not strong, player yeah. plays hard but i don't i don't know man it's tough he's yeah, precious a tough is a one. tough one too
1: all right i had 20 i had desmond bain we mentioned a little bit before, potentially Gary Trent. I'm actually going to go with Bryn Forbes with 10 pounds of muscle or Tyrell Terry's workout plan. Uh, so, Des- Desmond Bain is uh, becoming kind of like the workout wonder of the draft, it seems like, for his work ethic, his results. I think he's also one of these guys who's setting all kinds of records on his own. But the Forbes fits kind of scores off a variety of screens and actions, and can also shoot and score with his feet set. Not super explosive off the bounce, but is solid defensively. doesn't get lazy. Uh, I mean, Brent Forbes is 6'2". His numbers improved each his first three seasons in the NBA. In the right system to thrive, which uh, I feel the same for Desmond Bain. If he gets in the right place, he's going to be a really good rotational player somewhere.
0: Yeah, I like the Gary Trent one a little bit better than that. But yeah, uh, I, I understand where you're going. I think Brand is just way too skinny and like, no, well,
1: that's why we had the workout plan. But yeah, I get it. I mean, Desmond Bain looks like, in a good sense, like a pro wrestler, like his his body's carved. He looks huge.
0: Yeah, he just looks totally enormous. Like, it's right. ridiculous. Um, Brin Forbes has gotten stronger, by the way, too. No
1: knock on Brin Forbes' size. So I'm not trying to say that either. Just Desmond Bain looks like a superhero.
0: Yeah, no. Des is ridiculous. Shout out Desmond Bain. Uh, all right, I'm up. Yep. Next up, we have got Trey Jones. The comp for me is like, do you remember like pre-Toronto Kyle Lowry?
1: Like a you, Kyle Lowry.
0: No, like... Like Philly Pratt? No, okay. Like Rockets, Kyle Lowry. Team
1: Philly, sorry. Uh, Yes, sure.
0: And like Memphis, Kyle Lowry. Like, very clearly an NBA player. Very clearly an effective rotation player who can step into a starting lineup occasionally. Um, When he got to Houston, was a bench player to start, didn't knock down shots. Then you know, in his fourth or fifth year started shooting it knocked down 37% from three on four attempts uh, whenever he entered their starting lineup in 2011. I think that that's the comp. Like it, it's, it's not the high volume three point gunner that Kyle Lowry turned into that like morphed him into a hall of famer. I think right. it's when Kyle Lowry impossible, was like... Impossible
1: shot maker, yeah.
0: Yeah, solid starter, like, does everything that you're looking for from a point guard, gets everyone involved, um, really, really high-level defender, makes elite-level decisions, like that kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I'm, I like that. I thought you were going to take the easy way out and say Tyus Jones.
0: I think they're different. Like, I think they're pretty they, different. No, they
1: they are. It's the same with Lonzo and... and uh, lamello but i I, I thought you may jab that in there
0: yeah no i I think that trey is a much better athlete than tyus i think
1: yeah and i said it before too and I, i posted something about him working out out in california that his shot has gotten better i mean it's a it's a smaller sample size obviously and it's been a crazy evolution where he was left wide open to shoot for games and now he's like made it A real threat. I mean, defensively, he was player of the year in the ACC, so definitely different than Tyus, but similar in that he's able to carve out some role within the rotation to get meaningful minutes.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, You're up next. Who do we got?
1: I'm Malachi Flynn, so I'm I'm hoping you don't also virtually throw something at me for this. I'm going against conventional wisdom. I am going to go with Fred Van Vliet. Love
0: it. Let's do it. and,
1: And the reason is He's fully embraced the Fred Van Vliet thing in all the interviews. I can be Fred Van Vliet. Great. Pro-style game, especially effective in pick and roll, knows how to pick his spots, get a shot off versus more athletic players and defenders. Also, I, I know it's corny, but I like the, the Van Vliet comp because both of them were undervalued in high school. Uh, I know Malachi still went to Washington State first, but it's not this traditional blue blood power. Uh and both led their teams through incredible seasons. I mean, San Diego State was 30 and 2 and in prime for a big tourney run before the world got turned upside down. Fred Van Vliet played in a Final Four. Their team was 31 and 0 in the regular season. Both those guys also kind of have this chip on their shoulder where it's it's something to prove. I don't know Van Vliet behind the scenes or, or his story or his work ethic. I've I've heard he's as tough as they come. But we both know the, the Malachi thing is like he's known as just being this basketball guy who just like yep. does basketball all the time. Like yep. that's his passion.
0: Yeah, like crazy, crazy work ethic doesn't do anything other than basketball. Um, I I keep wanting to move Malachi higher.
1: <laughs> You're safe. You're in a safe place where you are right here, I think.
0: Yeah, the more that I hear about him, the more I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. Uh, I, I can't quite like just keep doing it cuz i feel like i'm getting to an unsafe space but yeah i i think he's going to play in but the there's NBA also
1: for there's the, a lot of te- te- time. there's a lot of teams in the 20s that need need guards need guys that can score create their own shot and he, like, he's going to go in this range
0: if i was philadelphia i would very very strongly look at him uh, I, I would probably take him over trey jones if i was specifically philadelphia hmm. and i i would probably take him over cole anthony too if i was philadelphia
1: yeah i don't want to like we don't have to deep dive into it now but it's like which which of those guys fits the the maury elton brand hybrid style the most yeah. Pro- i would guess malachi
0: yeah i'm uh i am a and fan that's
1: just me being like oh he shoots at a higher clip
0: yeah i am i'm am definitely a fan Of Malachi Flynn. Uh, All right. Next up. We have got. Tyrell Terry. The name that keeps coming to mind for me is Steve Kerr. Mm. And I think that like the Tyrell Terry like acolytes that now live on Twitter who think he's incredible um
1: well they, they've all bought the merch right the branded headbands and sweatshirts
0: shout out tyrell i love that and honestly like i, I think Tyrell's like an incredible kid um
1: yeah no and he, he also we're, we're joking but he also said proceeds from the next sale or going to community center in minneapolis where he grew up and he's making a difference before the draft even started so that it, it is admirable in that sense
0: yeah but tyrell back terry to, back,
1: to, back to jokes and steve kerr stuff
0: is an awesome human being like just a very clear like awesome human being. I was, I can't remember if I was talking to you or someone else about this, but this feels like what happened with me whenever Jerome Robinson was in the draft. I forget what draft that was, maybe 2017, 2018. And I was, I think the first person to put Jerome Robinson as like a first round pick in Mm -hmm. that draft. Like I did it in like December or something. And He kept moving up and moving up and eventually he got to where I had him by like March or wherever. And then he kept moving up and creeping up and creeping up to the point where the Clippers take him at thirteen, if I remember correctly. Right,
1: which which is probably about ten spots even higher than I'm guessing without having your big board in front of you where you had him. It's like
0: fifteen spots higher. Like I I never got beyond like end of the first round with Jerome. And What's happening with Tyrell reminds me a little bit of that. Like I think I was the first person to have Tyrell as like a first round pick and I really like him and he's slid up a little bit. Like he's at 22 for me now, something like that. And I really like him and I think he's definitely an NBA player, but I can't quite get as high as everyone else seems to be going with Tyrell.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Like, this isn't necessarily the, the comp thing, but I don't think he even went into Stanford thinking he's a one-and-done either. But yeah. then the, the stars all kind of aligned where it's like, well, maybe this is the time to do it and explore it. And put his name out there, had enough yep. interest. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to stay and, and see what happens. So I feel like the ascension has also been not even his own doing either. Yeah, no. know. And, that- and, and, and people like his age. They like they can shoot the ball. He's a little bit younger. And now – we joke, but he he has added muscle. He is bigger, which is one of the knocks that he wouldn't be able to deal with playing 82 games plus playoffs in the NBA, where he can barely get through a normal college season.
0: But uh, by the way, so like even with that 15 pounds, he's still probably going to be the skinniest player in the NBA next year,
1: second behind Pokashevsky, But yeah, uh, <laughs> so the, he like he had to do it. He had to go. I I like the the Steve Kerr comparison. I've seen Mark Price. I don't, like, I'm not on board with, like, the CJ McCollum or, I don't know, like, even, like, Buddy Healed Light. Like, I don't see that either.
0: The reason that I say Steve Kerr is that Steve Kerr played point guard, essentially, for those pools teams, but was not necessarily, like, the... Initiator, right? Um, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan were obviously the initiators of those teams. I think that that kind of situation is going to be best for Tyrell because he's a really unselfish player. He's a really good passer. He's a great uh, headman passer in transition. He always wants his teammates to find the absolute best shots, but he's not a great ball handler, doesn't have a ton of like crazy explosiveness and doesn't really make a ton of like live dribble passes, right? Like a lot of it is like jump, stop, then make the pass or jump, stop, jump in the air, draw the defender toward him and then make like a dump off pass. Right. Or drive, stop, wait for the defender to come, then hit like a two handed chest pass, kick out to the cross corner. Right. It's not that that's a, bad thing necessarily, it's just that it's harder to make a living that way in the NBA. Especially when I don't think he's like an elite level ball handler like Stephen Curry, Steve Nash, these guys that like people compare him to like the highest, highest, highest of his ceiling, right? Those guys were just like crazy fucking ball handlers. Mm -hmm. And I don't really see that with Tyrell. And... And, and the other part of this is and why compare? why I say Steve Kerr he's literally like one of the smartest people in basketball that you'll meet. And he's also got that like super crazy competitiveness gene that Kerr has. I think he's I think Tyrell Terry is going to be an NBA player for a very long time. And I think he's yeah, going you're, to
1: make you I don't know. That's a that's a glowing yeah. rating at 23. Tyrell the only thing I'll kind of spin on that is I would take him if I can be patient. Like, yeah. i take him if if I don't need him to score play right now. Like, yeah. I think looking back after the mock draft we did, I think, like, Milwaukee took him. If you need to win with Giannis, like, right now, like, I don't know if you can wait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if I was Philadelphia, it would be tough for me to take Tyrell right now.
1: Right. Right. Malachi fits a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Um, But I really like Tyrell, and I think he's going to play in the NBA and be a very effective player for a very long time. And he sure. is going to help winning teams. But I don't think he's going to be, like, the star of winning teams. Right. And it's and, hard and the, for me.
1: That's what, that's what the curve fit is, right? You can yeah. have other stars around him, but you can hit big jumpers in NBA playoff games and be revered forever.
0: Yeah, and it's hard for me to quite get to the point where – you take like this, you know, fifth or sixth best player on your team above like 20th, right? Right. Like I I want a little bit more upside higher in the draft than where I am on Tyrell right now. I love him. Like, I don't mean any of this disparagingly. Like I think a lot of the traits that I just kind of laid out hopefully explain that. But um like, Steve Kerr won how many titles being such a useful cog in a team, right? Like, I think that that's what Tyrell is. It's
1: a good endorsement.
0: Yeah. All right. You're so,
1: up. Let's be, speaking of endorsements, one of your favorites in the NBA draft is a segue. I have Xavier Tillman Sr. So, I'm taking the easy way out a little bit because I know in interviews he said he wants to be a Udonis Haslam type. So, I'm going to buy into that, but I'm also going to throw in a dash of Al Horford's facilitating. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, all those guys are undersized centers. Embrace who they are. Work. Rebound. Tillman's jumper can improve and get to a respectable level, I think, in, in similar ways that Udonis Haslam made that baseline jumper almost unstoppable later in his career the the Horf piece i keep coming back to is because you can use him offensively like michigan state did to run sets through him i mean Horf averaged i think four assists per game for his career tillman was like three at, at michigan state which i know is an eye popping but you still can, can trust him to initiate some stuff for haslam he didn't really take any threes again like we've kind of beaten down a little bit as when he was playing, he's still playing, which is incredible. But during his peak years, they didn't really need him to stretch the four from three. Tillman took fifty this past year. Uh I, I am a believer that he can stretch the four a little bit more as time goes on too. I like him. I'm a fan. If if he's somewhere in between those two guys, he's has a good career ahead of him.
0: All right, let's uh I don't really have anything else. Like I think that's basically right, to be honest.
1: Wow, well, pretty good.
0: Oh, God, I get Grant Riller now. Grant Riller, to me, is like Lou Williams. Uh, Similar. You know, great finisher at the basket. Uh, Guy that I think will shoot at reasonably high level. Um, Not a defender at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's kind of put out the Fred Van Vliet things as well, which is a a party favorite, too.
0: Yeah, no, he's really bad defensively. Uh, That's going to be tough to, I think, get to Fred's level because Fred... Is a very high-level defender.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, Grant will take charges, though. I mean, he'll he'll slide his feet and get in front. He's not the, the best defender. You have to see when he's playing, again, a high-level competition every night. But I'm a little bit more of a believer in Roller than you are.
0: Defensively, you mean?
1: Yeah, I think it's overall. I mean, 25 is, is a fair place to put him. I mean, there's there's some locks out there that have him mid to late second round. Yeah, I, I think even your mock did. I mean, this is the big board versus the mock draft debate anyway.
0: Right. Like for what it's worth, I think he's going to go in the second round. Um, yeah, I really like him as a scorer. Uh, everything he does is just he gets separation at such a high level that I am absolutely a fan of Grant Riller.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm also a fan of the 26 pick. Well, the twenty-six guy on your board, Isaiah Stewart, who I have in that Montrezl Herrell type mold. Yep. And I, I know we haven't really done like floors, but I think the floor is somewhere in the Thomas Bryant-ish range. Uh worker forward, he's a little undersized at six eight, but does have a seven four wingspan. He'll make contact rebound, box out. I am a little worried if he'll be able to defend bigger, more athletic. Guys and, and we've, we've discussed the Trez thing earlier and holding guys and pick and roll, but plays hard, has a high motor. He didn't really shoot outside of the lane in college at Washington. There is draft video, workout video circulating right now that frankly says otherwise. I, I know it's an open gym. Everyone's a great shooter in an open gym, but looks good, looks comfortable from distance and is a 77% free throw shooter. So you buy in that it can get better
0: yeah I think he's just gonna straight up shoot. i'm I'm really yeah. not that worried about it. Um, I, I was even saying that coming into last year that I thought he was gonna shoot at Washington and they just didn't use him in that role. Uh, he was on the mm-hmm. podcast earlier this year and you know said like he feels very comfortable shooting from distance.
1: Um, yeah, not I mean it looked like in the workouts.
0: yeah, and it comes off of his hand great. He, he's gonna shoot it. I don't really have a concern there. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Like bigger Montrez Herald. I think that's dead right. Okay. Next up. Oh, you gave me Jalen Smith. Final four. Um,
1: You keep saying you gave me. These, this is off yours. I just went, I picked first the mocks and you picked first here. No, no The deck could fall in my favor, I'm, but I'm, I'm not, not taking the blame for okay. this.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You pass. you're, yeah. you're passing the buck like a politician, Penny. Incredible.
1: <laughs> go vote. Vote. Go, go vote. vote. Yes,
0: Everyone, please, for the love of yes. God, go vote. Shut up voting. Even yeah. even though I'm in Australia, I've already voted. Early and often, yeah. go vote. Um, okay, <laughs> sticks. Sticks. Um, is it like it's almost like Marquis Crisp, but with like a real jumper.
1: Hmm. Chris, at least he played an Under Armour circuit, so I saw him a lot. Yeah. At least coming out of college, I think he's a little bit more of a an athlete. I think sticks is a little bit stiffer than Marquis Chris
0: was. Way stiffer, way stiffer. Yeah. But is it like? Is it like? No but like Christian Wood was like really good at a point this year. There's yeah, there's yeah, not really an him. ideal one here. Is it like almost Chris Boucher for Toronto you're this digging. year? Yeah. Like some like the the hope is that he can be Serge Ibaka.
1: But That's yeah. So that's the hope of what you've seen in a few other places. But he's ah, it's it's that's not the best fit and like I said this the last like three or four picks. It's like you're really kind of ooh how does it Make a, a perfect scenario between both sides of the ball. Yeah, Ibaka. I mean, Ibaka is a, a great ceiling if you can get there.
0: But he's nowhere near the athlete Ibaka was at a younger age. Like, not no. even in the stratosphere right. with Ibaka athletically. Because, like, if you remember, like Ibaka was like Air Congo, like at the dunk contest and like doing all this stuff. Like crazy shot blocker with crazy vertical, like Jalen Smith can throw down a dunk on people, but he's not that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 people kind of make the ties too because of the shooting a little bit between those two, and right. Ibaka almost became enamored too much for shooting the three later.
0: Is it is it Thon Maker?
1: Oh man, I I, I haven't seen enough Thon the NBA in high school and, and grassroots she was thon was more fluid
0: for sure oh yeah like thon was thon was like the god of the grassroots circuit i mean he was unbelievable but like i think jalen can shoot it better than thon can too yes like is it like better shooting thon maker i don't jalen smith is it, the hope is like Miles Turner, Serge Ibaka, like that. I like
1: that. Miles Turner light is the goal.
0: Yeah, like that kind of guy, and I'm not really there because I worry about the athleticism a little bit too much. Yeah, which is why fair. he's lower on this board than where I think he is most places now.
1: Right where where he'll actually go. Yeah.
0: All right, you All are. Right, you can up, go with Penny. that.
1: That's fine. All right, I have 28. We three more. Par through. So I have Robert Woodard, who I actually really like. I had a tough one with this. I said, like a more athletic Jay Crowder, or potentially like a Jeremy Grant.
0: And yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it's like Jeremy Grant, like Alfred Camino, like that kind of guy.
1: Yeah, just this interchangeable forward. It's a small sample size as most these college guys, but his three went up like fifteen percent. Shows that he works. Uh, he's smaller than Jeremy, but does have a seven-one wingspan. Little bit of an underrated passer. Uh, can close out to shooters. Switch on wings, bigs, and Robert Woods also benefiting right now from the bubble of yep. wings that can guard multiple spots, multiple actions. As long as we pretend the <laughs> Jeremy Grant Plumlee switch with or lack thereof with LeBron didn't happen, Anthony Davis didn't happen. But uh, I, I see him in that kind of versatile role as from a forward position
0: yeah no i think that's reasonable all right the last guy i've got here you gave me josh green
1: yes you gave yourself josh green
0: josh green Hmm. super high level on ball defender pretty good off ball defender too
1: yeah anticipates well good instincts
0: um.
1: But run it, run and jump. Handle needs a little bit of work. Great in the open court.
0: Yeah, like the hope is almost like what Norman Powell has become. But like, mm, okay, Norm is the better offensive player than what I would expect Green to get to. Right. Uh, hmm. He's just like your three and D wing that might not be able to shoot.
1: Is it, is it more like, D than three. What did you say? I said more D than three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like might be able to play make in the open court a little bit, and might be able to, you know, make some things happen that way. Oh, is it like a vague outline of like hoping he can be? You? No, but like Royce O'Neal's like pretty good. It's it's almost, it's almost like a. Garrett Templey kind of guy.
1: Okay. Are you, did, did you write down any of these names or are you just like picking through your brain in, in real time? Picking, because if so, I'm, I'm very impressed.
0: Picking through my brain in real time.
1: That's, that's why like, before these podcasts, I'm like, all right, like, what are the, what do we want to do? What are the topics? So I'm prepared and I'll get body slammed. You're just like, yeah, is he Powell meets O'Neill in a cage match with? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Sure. So
0: like, I, I do have like a list of NBA players up.
1: Okay,
0: but i so got something. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not like, like I, I didn't do any of this ahead of time. I'm just you're
1: like Rain Man light. You're not Rain Man, but like <laughs> you, you have some of
0: it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. My brain is. I've I've been looking at these prospects for ten months now. I, I want to yeah. curl up in a ball and stop.
1: All right, so do we we want to just stamp that as kind of like a cross-hybrid of those guys?
0: Yeah, sure. What the hell?
1: All right. Last one, Elijah Hughes, which ironically I had the the most kind of trouble with. Don't yell at me for this one either because I don't think he's the athlete, but is he like a Kelly oubre light?
0: That's the role he played in college, but I think the role in the NBA is going to be different.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, I just had it as like a wing, a little bit undervalued, not the athlete of Kelly. Similar size when Kelly was at Kansas. I mean, their numbers, Hughes last year averaged 19 points per game, but from the field, it was 43, 34, 81. Kelly was 44, 36, 72.
0: Is it, is it maybe more mature Daniel House?
1: <laughs> more mature Daniel House, yeah. Post-bubble, learned his lesson Daniel House, yeah. Uh, I, I can see that.
0: Like, guy that, that. guy that was, like, somewhat inefficient as a shooter because he had the crazy role at Texas A&M.
1: Right. It's like he has to continue to build on three-point shooting. I mean, Elijah's much better with his feet set, not on the move. I'm just – I'm a little worried defensively, too. And I just say yeah. that as, like, a blanket thing with the Syracuse zone. You just don't know what inefficiencies were just kind of, like, covered up there.
0: Yeah, and, like, I, I think that – I think Hughes will shoot it as he gets more open. Yes, ups. no,
1: I do too. Yeah. And uh, like we said this about a couple other guys, I don't think he hurts you offensively either.
0: Yeah, like I, I would say, like the hope is more mature and responsible. Daniel House.
1: We'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's a perfect way to finish.
0: What a uh, what a what a world we live in. What
1: a world. We're close. Our, our brains are mush, but the draft is very soon.
0: The draft is very soon. God, I have yeah. so much work to do still. Uh, we're, what, what are we like 18 days from the draft? Uh,
1: 16 I think under, days, right, 16. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 16 days from the draft. What, what is draft date?
1: Cause like I'm all screwed up. 18th, right? November 18th draft day. The, well, election day, the third draft day the 18th.
0: Yeah. Like I'm all screwed up with the days like in the United States. So like the day it's a Wednesday draft this year. So it's, um, November 18th which means it'll be a Thursday for me. It'll be like Thursday morning for me, which then will revolve around me sleeping forever uh, that weekend from the 19th through the 22nd.
1: Right. After the fact, you got to do like a 48 hour bender like beforehand.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to be great. Not going to be great for me, but I love my job. Uh, no matter what I say here, Penny, the greatest player in UMass basketball history. How do we start this petition?
1: That's what my family tells me. I don't think there's a petition to be had. There, okay. like I wore number twelve. Like I, I'm like the at least top of my head third best number twelve at, at UMass, if not worse. So,
0: who are, who are the top 2 Were either of the yeah. top two captains.
1: Edgar Padilla, one of, the, one of the best UMass backcourts ever, with Carmelo Travieso. Yeah,
0: was it, was he a captain? Anderson
1: was right before me. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I, he was on a loaded team. He could have been captain. I, I don't. I don't want to say if he was or he wasn't. But I just remember getting the number twelve. I'm like, I can't wear this. Like, <laughs> no, no, you are. I'm like, okay, great.
0: Oh my god! Not
1: big shoes to fill or anything.
0: Love it. That's amazing. Uh, Matt Penny, tell the people where they can find your work.
1: Yeah, I I actually just changed my Twitter name to get more official. I couldn't get at Penny, so it's at Matt underscore Penny. Uh, as, as we've alluded to, the internet's a, a crazy place. I've had the weirdest follows, and somebody said, I, I sound exactly like I look, which is very rare. I gotta laugh at that. I get told I, I'm not a shot guru. I shouldn't say that Tyrese Maxey dips the ball when he shoots. So I'm enjoying it. This is great. I'm, I'm always happy to be here and appreciate having me on.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. What the, what the fuck is this guy? I'm looking at this tweet now.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I like had something queued up. I was like, nah, not gonna do it.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, the, he like dips it down to his knee almost sometimes.
1: Yeah, like it wasn't enough. knock. Just say it, it got higher, but it negates it if you dip it lower. That's all.
0: Yeah. Um. And you're tweeting about Dave James. Well,
1: I'm not a shot doctor. Yeah.
0: Tweeting about James Knight too. I like it.
1: He's good. He's undervalued. I I think the second team Big East thing was more about they just got to the conference and it's like, hey, wait a second, like not so fast.
0: I have. Uh, I will have James Knight in my first round absolutely next year he is uh he's very good he's very fun too uh connecticut fans should be very 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 happy about this and the fact they get to watch james book night all right this has been sam Bassini. you can go find my work uh over at the athletic i will have something probably mid next week i would say that is relatively big and then i'll have like a bunch of other uh things coming out before the draft. So keep it locked there until next time. We will talk soon. Bye.